Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, blogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, vlogs such as 5 Minutes with a G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, Audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Mixcloud and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and our official website www.pitch-talk.com The pitch is where we eat The pitch is where we sleep And the pitch is where we talk Pitch Talk special feature segment Hey everybody, Stracey with LJA here and welcome to this Pitch Talk special feature. This is part two of our special feature about COVID, postponements, Premier League, restructuring and all that kind of thing as well. But you know what, in this one we delve deep into questions such as have the Premier League set a dangerous precedent with the way... They've been postponing games. Have we, we also look at club doctors. Are club doctors being pressured by managers especially and clubs to help get games postponed? Are they? But we, as I said, delve deep into that kind of matter. Also as well, um, are clubs getting games cancelled as opposed to playing youngsters or playing fringe players and giving them a chance and giving them a bit of trust and are clubs using COVID to try and get games postponed and rescheduled to give them a competitive advantage we discuss all of those topics and more here is part 2 of our special feature Pitch Talk special feature segment it was always going to happen because the Premier League made it that way. If you think about it, the problem the problem was is that they postponed one game for COVID, and if you look at the Burnley um, Burnley Spurs game, that was called off not because of COVID but because of bad weather. Now, yes, you can call it off for that, and that's a legitimate reason because it was snowing and you couldn't really get um, the ball rolling on on the pitch, but. Games since then have been okay. Well, we're not gonna have we're not gonna have people um, playing games because you're seeing the 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 COVID effects or the COVID um, rise, the COVID uh, um, rates rise again um, from Omicron. Now the problem the problem is is that you've got to remember that most of these guys are uh, most of these clubs have club doctors who either work in the NHS or work privately, but essentially have to have two jobs per day. Um, and they're getting their information from the NHS, essentially. Um, so it's, it's it was always going to be a thing of we've got club doctors who know that there's going to be something and they're the ones that are administering the... COVID vaccines and making sure that everybody is still able, eligible to play and um, play the game per Premier League rules. 
But it's it's one of those ones where Arsenal had a lot of a lot of players missing, and like Didi Harman uh, made made sense of this. We've got an under twenty three squad. We've got an under who ironically played the day before anyway, um, and we've also got an under eighteen squad. So who I think played on the Friday, I think. But that's the problem. Either way, we had players who could play. But when money's on the line, the first thing that you're going to think of is, I want this to be as fair for me, not for the club, as possible. If you're looking at the way that these clubs are mounted on with money, it's not a case of... Arsenal. Remember, Arsenal's targets are to reach... Europe. By any meaning, any means necessary, it has to be the Champions League. So, if they know that they can get away with certain things, and remember, they've got, we've got enough get enough time now between the League Cup, between being knocked out of the um, the FA Cup, and the end of the season to play Spurs. Spurs have the same thing. They're in the they're in the the FA Cup. They're out of the Europa Conference League. Um, and they're no longer in the League Cup. So they've got enough time. So they didn't really have to play um, this week, this weekend. So this has actually helped them more than it's helped us. Once their players, uh, their players are technically not, not even left. So really and truly, people are fuming about Spurs having more time on their hands. When really and truly, it's worked out in their favour that they haven't got that many games. Now, they may have backup games, but Spurs haven't got anything to play for unless they're going into the um, to the Champions League, which means that they've got two trophies in order to try and make that happen if they're looking at just getting into Europe. The FA Cup and the Premier League. They've got nothing to worry about. Arsenal, on the other hand, still have... One game to um, one game to play in in the uh, the Carabao Cup, and if we get through that, then we have uh, more games. But really and truly, both teams for this shouldn't have an issue. At the same time, I look at it and I say, well, we should have just played. If we lose to Spurs at the at the lane, I'll take that. Why? Because we can go on to just do what we need to do for the rest of the season. We don't have to worry about another game with Spurs. We don't have to worry about them again. We've already played Man City twice. We're already coming up against Chelsea again. So imagine that. Imagine if the game that was uh, postponed, which it has been, now has to be played on a week where we probably have either Liverpool, um, Liverpool at home or Chelsea away. One of the two on the same week. Which means for us, it's a lot of games, it's a lot of intense, intense football. So there, that's when it becomes a, an issue. However, I'm not, I'm, I'm against it, and it might sound that like I'm all for it, but Arsenal, Arsenal, and Arsenal and Spurs have nothing to rip. Both fans have, in my opinion, when we're looking at the COVID situation, it is what it is. We all knew that the, the club doctors would have something to do with this. And the fact that we've got games being called off 
means that somewhere along the lines, people need to be checking the facts of what this Omicron um, variant is. I'm wondering if it actually is as serious as it's as it's been made out to be. And if it is that serious, then like Liam said, we should have just taken two to maybe three week break. Which goes back to the question, why don't we just start the season in March, February at, um, at the earliest, and then play up until October. That way you don't have games being called off. It just makes it easier for everybody to go, well, we've got games during the summer. We're happy to, uh, happy to watch. And I know that's the American way, but we seem to be seeing a lot of, lot of games in, in England way before America got big being called off. Pitch is not great. Waterlogged pitch or players, uh, there's not enough players or frozen ice, icy pitch or just something that's that's not gone right. This is just another another situation on top of it that people will go, well, you had the players, why don't you use them? I'm going, well, if I'm looking at this from a business sense, I'm taking the same the same route. I'm taking the same route. I want to make sure that it's fair. Uh, it's fair that we can play our strongest team against our biggest rivals in the Premier League. Essentially, the Premier League have basically, in my view, facilitated the situation, and it's this is very similar to what I um, what I've what I've dropped to you guys about the Southern Amateur League and what's happened there, where there was a memo sent out to club officials saying oh if you've got to uh, cancel games because of covid yeah you won't be penalized for it and it's like okay that leaves a door wide open for teams to take advantage and i think a lot of premier league sides are taking advantage of it because as as gathers previously said and rightly so that these clubs all have 25 player squads all of them and then in the Champions League, you got the same thing. Where if you really wanted to, you could name two different 25s. If you really wanted to. And the Premier League, the EFL, I mean, obviously precedents have been set with the EFL in terms of the Carabao Cup, but only for sides like Wolves, back in, I think it was 2010, when they got fined for making 11 changes against Man United. At that time, under Mick McCarthy, they knew they were going to get beaten and they got penalised for it, as I mentioned before. But I think it's one of them ones where with this Omicron thing and all that, as Jay has said, it's one of them ones where it may not be as serious. They're saying it's a weak. There's information coming out about apparently it being a weaker variant and that kind of thing. But everybody's erring on the side of caution. All right, fine, understandably. But at the same time with the Premier League, they've opened the floodgates by postponing certain games for COVID, but not postponing others. So we've seen, I think Man City have had a couple games um, postponed for it. But remember Chelsea, I actually mentioned it in a vlog. The same week when Tottenham, got, the same week, I think within a few days, when Tottenham got kicked out by, um, got kicked out by UEFA of the Europa Conference League because they couldn't fulfill a fixture due to COVID because of um, against Wren. You see, in Chelsea, literally a few days before that decision was made, 
trying to get their game, ironically enough, against Wolves postponed because of COVID and that got turned down. But then the Premier League are letting other games get postponed. And it's like, dude, if you're going to do it for one, you have to do it for all to make it fair. Or, you know what? Postpone the under-23s league so that if teams have a bunch of, say, 10, 11 first-team players out, like Leicester City, for instance, if they have 5, 10 players out, it's one of them ones and they have to dip into their under-23s, don't schedule under-23s games. Postpone those so that those players can be moved up. And similar to what Gavis said, where it's like, well, you got to dip into your under-23s, you got to dip into your under-18s to fulfil these games. And it's one of them ones where the Premier League, EFL, don't like start chatting, like I said about UEFA as well, don't start chatting about the integrity of competition, of competitions where you're letting one side po get postponed and not another for exactly the same reasons. No, 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 you can't be playing those double standards. So that for me is a major part of it, where double standards are coming into it and certain teams are getting away with it. Like, my side of Liverpool, it's like the false positive thing. All right, fair play, I said, you can't take that gamble. If positive cases are coming back, then you've either got a, you've either got a play the under 23s and force teams to do that, or you postpone for other sides for the same reason as well. You can't be playing double standards because then that is unfair to certain teams. And if you've got a smaller squad, well, to an extent, it's tough to eat said the kitty because at the end of the day, I said, everybody gets the same opportunity to register a 25-man squad. You know, really and truly, Arsenal have got no excuse, you know, when I think about it, literally. I mean, we've got the game on Thursday against Liverpool in the Cup. Uh, irrespective of what happens in that game, we'll have a, either have an additional final, like additional game to play, and then the rest, the rest of the games are league games. So realistically, Arsenal's push for European football slash Champions League football, whatever it's going to be, they've got a good opportunity to do that. Do you know what I mean? I, I wasn't expecting Arsenal to finish in the top four, but looking at the way it's panning out, if we can keep everybody fit, you know what I mean? One game a week between now and the end of the season, I mean, you can't ask for, you can't ask for a better opportunity than that. You look at teams in the past who've benefited from one game a week. That's probably why we're doing so well. The one game in a week, we're fresh every week, we've got time to work on stuff. But realistically, Man United are not exactly pulling up trees. Spurs are a bit hit and miss. It's open, it's there. So it's all about Arsenal, really. They keep the players fit, keep consistent. Got an opportunity to do it. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true what you said, what you said Nath, in terms of it is, it is in the hands of Liverpool, but, uh, sorry, Arsenal. Um, the only thing is, is that I've seen it enough times with Mikel Arteta will the team that he puts he puts out, and I'm not saying it's just the team itself. I feel in the bigger games we seem to go missing. We seem to go missing quite easily. So when we had the chance to beat uh, Manchester United and we lost three two, it would have given us a, a lift to get into I think a bit more higher than the top uh, top four. Um, sorry, just uh, just about in the top four, um, and that that was that was me thinking. Okay, well, if we get a chance to do this, then we can we 
we can go somewhere. Um, look at the Everton game when we lost 2-1. It was almost a case of there was no pressure on him, and yet we still went out there and lost. I don't know what's happening with the whole Aubameyang situation, um, but it seems like that's the way... And this is this seems to be a common theme nowadays with with the Spanish uh, Spanish coaches, is that if somebody uproots their team, they're willing just to sacrifice them as quickly as possible. Look at Guardiola with Yaya Torre. Um, he managed to just say, you know what, you ain't really starting games, but eventually he had to put him in because they weren't really winning winning games under his tutelage until he was able to bring in the players that he needed and wanted. Um, he was able to get into Europe, into the Champions League, finishing fourth for the first time in his career. He hadn't finished inside the top two. Um, now you're looking at what happened with um, Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez at both Liverpool and and Everton. He even done it, I think, at Newcastle as well. But Rafa Benitez... Um, Let's go with the the situation at um, at Everton, where he had Luca Dean uh, Dina, uh, sold. He sold Javier Rodriguez, which would have been the right player to have um, in these situations. He sort of alienated Richarlison, um, although he was trying to look after him and protect him. He he just alienated him. Um, who else? He's just had a whole bunch of serious situ- situations that have, have cost him his, his, his role um, at Everton. And then I look towards, again, Roberto Martinez. If he didn't, if he was the only Spanish um, coach that I was, I was thinking, he probably understands the Premier League a little bit better and knows that he wants to play a certain way and got that across to the players at Everton. Also at Wigan, he didn't have much at Wigan, but he managed to get his his way playing, um, and it worked at Swansea as well. Um, but then, it, when it came down to it, it was just time to move on. Yes, I know what Liam keeps saying that they're above and beyond their own their own situ um, their own limits and levels. But credit to Everton for even putting up. Even trying to get um, coaches in like Carlo Ancelotti, like Rafa Benitez. My only issue is the manager was never gonna, never gonna change what Everton really is to the Premier League. I'd suggest that they would probably be very good in the Scottish Premier League. They'd probably be a, a top three, a top three team. It would probably be something in in that league for Everton to go for. Um, I look at all of these teams and I go, yes, Arsenal. I look at going back to the point that I'm, I'm making. I'm making here is with with Arsenal. Yes, they have a chance, but I'm not hopeful that they will just simply because of. Yes, we've got teams. Yes, we've got teams that are beatable, but those are the ones that we seem to fail against. That's that's what I'm getting at. You know what's funny? Like talking about on the pitch. Man City have majorly benefited from all of this. Now, remember two seasons ago when we won the Premier League, when obviously like the season got stopped, when we were four games away from winning the league, there were people trying to say 
that, oh, if Liverpool win the league, it's only because of COVID. And I was like, shut up, seriously, shut your face. Because we're 25 points clear before this fit. We were 25 points clear before this ever even became an issue. So don't even try that. Don't even try that. And UEFA were forcing us to play games that we shouldn't actually have been playing legally. The one against Atletico Madrid. That second leg should not have been played. Because guess what happened after that game? A spike of fucking COVID cases. And apologies for my language there. So it's one of them ones. Man City have majorly benefited from this because I swear they ain't had many COVID cases. Weirdly enough, they ain't had many. We have. We've we've had a few. Arsenal have. Chelsea definitely have. Leicester have. So if anybody's benefited from this, yeah, Arsenal have to an extent. But then you gotta look at it as well. So have Manchester City. So it's one of them where it's like it's it's a really it's a really interesting little little period and a great point you made Nave about um, what's it one game a week suiting you and it does it very much will suit anybody one game a week because that ain't a bad schedule that ain't a bad bunch of fixtures so that's obviously a major part of it and it plays into certain teams favour a lot of people said that what's it with Tottenham Tottenham Liverpool it played into Tottenham's favour. Yeah, there might have been a bit of ring rust, but I think they basically had two weeks off before playing us. And like our boys had like three days off or something like that. But you get that you get that up and down, up and down stuff, and it's like, well, the Premier League, the EFL, among others, need to make their damn minds up. And there was always that for me. I, as I said before, the Euros started. There was all I always had the feeling there was going to be this kind of nefarious, this nefarious stuff, where club doctors were going to say, "Oh, you're feeling a bit sniffly. Okay, I'll put it down as COVID." Or even the powers that be, they wouldn't come out and say it, but it'd be like, you know what? We'll let you guys slide. Or it's a big game. We can make space for that, but certain other games, nah, nah, you have to play with an understrength side. And if there were positive tests, be, be, like just before games between big sides, like the top four, top six, whatever the case, then it's like, oh, we can't afford to lose out on the broadcasting money. We can't tick off the broadcasters, so that game's got to go ahead. It's one of them where it's like, there's a lot of potential nefariousness that can go on, and I think has gone on, but obviously they're not going to come out and say. But also as well, you have to remember, managers such as Arteta, Klopp, among others, they're between the rock and the hard place. Because you look at, say, Rafael Benitez getting sacked. It's one of them ones. Imagine, like, say, Brendan Rodgers gets sacked in a couple of games, and it's like, well, he's had a shed load of players unavailable due to COVID. And I've said before, where it's like, are managers actually going to get longer in jobs because of the pandemic? Because the short-termism in football has not disappeared. Managers' jobs being on the line has not disappeared. It's still there. But it's on them, you might get a couple months extra, but the hostile environment's still there, where people are getting hired and fired. Nuno Espirito Santo. Look at that. Benitez. They didn't want him in the first place, most of them Everton fans anyway. Head was always going to be on the chopping block. 
we've seen a good few managerial sackings. Ole Solskjaer. Like, so it's still happening. So managers are caught between that rock and a hard place as well. So they're obviously going to be like on the club doctors. It's like, like leaning on the club doctors potentially saying, yeah, can we get this game postponed? Can we get this game postponed? Because I don't want to play with a weakened squad against big rivals. I don't want to do that. Against smaller teams, Norwich, Burnley, Eater, yeah, I don't mind that. But against the bigger sides, no, 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 because then we're going to get battered and my job's going to be on the line. There's that side as well, which can't be ignored. Yeah, so you see part two of our special feature there. Let us know your views. Are club doctors being pressured to help get games postponed? Are especially the bigger clubs, are they getting games postponed instead of giving fringe players a chance to show what they've got? Younger players, could the under-23s be utilised as well? Also, have the Premier League set a dangerous precedent in the way they seem to pick and choose what games they they allow to be postponed? And also, yeah, I mean, are clubs deliberately getting games postponed to give themselves a leg up or an advantage on other clubs? Because we know how much money runs through the Premier League these days you know www.pitch-talk.com also comment section is below let us know your views www.pitch-talk.com is the official website for everything pitch talk let us know your views we are also on google podcast apple podcast spotify verbal v-u-r-b-l.com at g-e-t get verbal on twitter tweet them let them know we sent you because we're verbal ambassadors and proud to be so as well. Wherever you pick up your podcast, you can find the Pitch Talk podcast. YouTube.com forward slash Pitch Talk is where you can find our videos. Videos including our special feature segments such as this one and many, many more. JBK at the 2021 Vitality Women's FA Cup final. His video diary was a very interesting watch. Pitch Talk at the 2021 SAL Senior Challenge Cup final as well, where myself and the G-Man, well, we did some, um, we did the half-time coverage as well as post-match as well and pre-match interviews too. lot of fun had there. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk, become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the football and revolution we are working so hard to create at Pitch Talk on Twitter. Tweet with us, follow us, see what we are up to. Two at Pitch Talk on Instagram as well. Catch vlog previews and much, much more content there as well. At Pitch Talk on Reddit as well. I have been straight to you in LJ. And until next time, join the revolution, people. Part three coming soon of our special feature segment. See you there, peeps. Thanks for your time. Join the Pitch Talk Revolution. Check out the official Pitch Talk website www.pitch-talk.com.